Welcome to Machine Learning. So I want to talk about uh, virtual reality and AI. Um, my daughter took me to an arcade game called VR1 Arcade in Boise. And I played, uh, played this boxing game called Creed. And in that game, you're, I, I chose to fight uh, Mr. T. He's bigger than you, so it's kind of intimidating. And um, when you get knocked down or knocked out, uh, probably knocked down in most cases, then you have to put your hands in a certain position uh, that matches the screen, and then it kind of gives you a power up, I guess. I, I didn't really understand that purpose. And then you have you move forward, and as soon as your gloves touch, I guess the, the fight starts. So it, 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 you know, there was a lot of rules, and it wasn't clear really kind of at first how to even get started. Um, I would have thought that an easier way to have done that would be just to sound the bell. But I guess they want to suggest that, you know, it's good sportsmanship to touch gloves, and then, um, and then you can begin the contest. So in the contest, Mr. T comes at you, and he's talking to you, and he's kind of a, he's kind of intimidating the way he's looking at you and staring you, and, and he's punching at you. But he also does this uh, thing where he moves to your, he moves around you, and so you have to move with him, whether he's moving to the right or left, and and uh, so he's punching you in the back of the head, I guess, and you know you can get knocked out. So, uh, there's a lot of things I guess that would probably be better if you could kind of like uh, you had uh, maybe a coach, a ringside coach, who was talking to you and telling you, you know, keep your keep your uh, guard up, or you know, throw those jabs, or do more footwork, or whatever, you know. But uh, maybe have a a coach in the sideline kind of helping you out and. The other thing that would have been nice is, well, you're throwing punches, and I, I was I was show, throwing uh, different types like hooks and things like that, and uh, I was talking to the the gamers there who run the place, and they said, well, what you want to do is uh, uh, more straight jabs, you know, because it's detecting your, the change in your hand positions. Um, and trying to figure to figure out where your punches are, and then you had to hold down the trigger for your power punch. And see, I think that that's kind of like all these things that make it too hard. What they should have done is used AI. So if you're punching slow, then that's not a power punch. But if you're punching really fast, those are power punches. So based on the speed of your punch, you determine the degree of power. Okay, so that's just one of my gripes about where they, they didn't use uh, AI in the system. Well, you can really see that in virtual reality, if the game developers don't use AI, that uh, that the systems will be too complicated. You know, you're getting paid, charged $25 an hour, so if you spend 25% of that time trying to get things up and running navigation, tutorials on how to use the game, um, it's, it kind of kills the experience. And so in my mind, uh, 
should have very little training and it should be very intuitive and uh, you know you can engage into the, the contest with with very little training and the other one I, I thought was kind of interesting was Star Trek so that one was um, you uh, you you you're on the bridge of the Enterprise and there's a multi player game and um, you know you, you you do tactical you play different roles on the Enterprise but we couldn't even get out of space dock it was ridiculous you know we never got into any fights with Klingons we never got into Romulan uh, turf fights and so you know it, it just uh, kind of was a kill deal but it was still kind of fun to move around and uh, you pull the trigger to make your finger move up and down so that you can touch buttons and it would really would have been better to use like a, a VR glove and used hand motions like uh, walking motions to move forward and uh, reverse walking motions maybe to, to walk backwards and then if you had kind of like a Jarvis assistant like they could understand natural language processing that would have made the VR experience much better so GPT-3 is really going to become popular in virtual reality games um, if I were to start investing in building virtual reality games in Unity which I'm starting to look at Unity right now and think about creating a virtual reality game I would definitely plug in uh, GPD-3. I can do it through an API call, and uh, and then I can charge a, a subscription fee to play my VR games. <clears throat> but see, what I would have Jarvis do is, um, or in this case GPD-3, I would have him or her uh, listen to the navigation commands. And then I would have a set of commands or metadata, which it could then translate or summarize what it's requesting to one of these uh, metadata variables, which would run a script that would run code. So they might say, well, um, I want to teleport to this location. So it would, it, the code GPT would take that as an action I could translate uh, all the metadata where uh, where they were in their world, who it was, all the credentials, then pass that to if it's going to the server an endpoint, if it's not going to the server uh, in a state in the application, then to some sort of uh, messaging queue, and then pick up the message and process the command. So that the virtual reality then would uh, be driven by these interactive voice commands. You know, you could say, teleport me to engineering or, uh, you know, want to go to uh, out of spaceport. Or you, could, you know, Captain Kirk could tell Sulu, uh, take us out of spaceport, warp five, and we could 
um, Spock could be putting up the navigation coordinates to where the Klingons were. We've got to, you know, he could say, <coughs> Sulu, uh, let's see, who was it? Uh, Chekhov, or maybe Worf, uh, depending on which, which uh, generation you're working with. So there are different characters could be talking to you. You know, they could say, Captain, we've got a report coming in of, of uh, hostile activity of, in the Klingon uh, near Federation planet M. And so uh, coordination coordinates could come up. And, you know, you could, you could get into the movie. So you could take a Star Trek movie or a episode, let's say a one-hour episode, and you could play along inside the episode with Captain Kirk and crew with uh, some variations, you know, like uh, um, I'm trying to think of a Star Trek episode that was pretty fun. Well, let's 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 talk about Q. Those are the kind of the memorable ones, you know, where he he grabs the and he builds the he weaves a, a net in space, you know, and you're, they're trying to escape it, so they try to outrun it. So you could have like some sort of barrier like that, and 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 you're fighting an opponent like Q, and uh, or or the, how about the Doomsday Machine? Okay, so maybe there's more than one way to to destroy the Doomsday Machine, and you as a, a player on the Star Star Trek uh, have to come up with a way. So we know that the way Captain Clerk originally did it was he took a shuttlecraft and at the last moment uh, mixed the antimatter matter and it exploded inside the robot, the robot planet killer. And and Spock had manages at the last second to pull him out or, or, or maybe it was uh, Scotty, I don't remember which one. But, you know, you could have the characters talking to you. Like You could have uh, Kirk saying, get me out of here or you know not yet not yet or whatever and the AI is understanding the conversation and it understands the conversation in relationship to the different characters and the AI is also running different scripts depending on the conditions or the state of the different characters <coughs> that are playing in the game those are those are some things that I think would be really interesting in virtual reality. You could see some of the beginnings, you know, like I thought it was really interesting to look around in the in the bridge of the Enterprise. You know, you you really felt like you were you were in the Enterprise. You could see the characters. I could see Spock over there. I could I didn't see all the characters who they were. Uh, but it was still, it was still fascinating to, to be a part of that, uh, entertainment. Well, and then when they first start, you're out in space and I was telling my daughter, don't look down, it'll make you want to fall. Because I looked down and it, they didn't see the floor and so I, my spatial orientation was, uh, bad and so I didn't have any common references and I felt like I was going to fall over. Uh, but, you know, it's it's real interesting. Another one that would be a fascinating game to, to play inside the movie, which I could see, like, you know, charging you $25 to play inside the movie, would be like, uh, 
like a Star Wars. So, you know, you could take different uh, different scenes that were active in the Star Wars movie. So you go through different scene battle scenes, like maybe you're fighting Darth Vader. Uh, maybe you're fighting. You know, you're going to rescue the princess. You know, try to think of a particular one where it was interesting. How about the scene where Anakin's in the fighter uh, plane? And they, he's got a, he's got to rescue Obi Wan from the little robots that are attacking um, his uh, fighter craft. Or, you know, uh, you have to. Maybe there's a scene where you got to take down a destroyer, and so you know you're fighting the Tie Fighters out in space, and you've got to destroy a certain number of Tie Fighters before you can. Destroy the, the the battleship. So these are all just fun things. I mean, there's almost an endless list of possibilities that you could do. And and the thing that's you need is AI because it has to speed up your production during the video game. It's just like self-driving cars. You know, AI speeds up the responsiveness when you're driving in, uh, in multi-car environments where you've got multiple cars around you, multiple lanes, you're moving at high speeds, lots of objects around you, you got barriers, you got traffic signs, you got speed limits, you got uh, construction cones, you've got cars, you got trucks, you could have debris on the road. These are all things that the AI speeds up for you and, and the other thing that uh, natural language processing would do is allow you to talk to devices and that that ability that natural language processing and voice uh, communication to devices is very powerful and something that cannot be ignored because it's it's necessary to uh, speed up the interface to getting the experience that you want. And so one of the things that I was thinking is you could use GANs against uh, uh, natural language processing to run maybe instead of 100 scenarios that the user can do, what if you could run a million scenarios and check to see what the responses are for the NLP and the ones where the responses are incorrect then more training is required. And you know, you correct those areas and then you run the GANs again. And so, you know, one network against another network could improve the efficiency and accuracy in the results of the NLP. You know, we don't have lots of difficulty some speaking with Siri now, but you have a lot of difficulty in learning how to program the Siri. Uh, because it's it's not a, just an open API that you can access from within Python, but I can do that with uh, Amazon Lex, and so you know I can if I if I decide that GPT three can't do the work I need, I can always uh, switch over to Lex and let Lex create action metadata 
that I can then uh, pick up and program for. So again, you know, we want the we want the flexibility of natural language processing and virtual reality. I think that the virtual reality and augmented reality, these things are all going to transform the way our digital world's intercepting our physical world. You know, we see the first uh, interaction in heads-up heads display on cars. But in the future, as uh, digital gets better, as more cars have advanced computers for navigation, the augmented reality is going to be a natural part of the car driving experience and that will allow the uh, driver to pass more control to the AI and be interacting by maybe reading emails or talking, having conversations while they're driving or um, watching movies, you know, or, or even playing virtual reality while they're driving. Or maybe the, vir the driving experience can be put in virtual reality. That's one of the things that's interesting is, you know, do you need to drive a semi or could you drive a virtual reality semi and the, the machine is all controlled uh, from a remote location? And then the AI is learning how you drive and you become like the GAN network in the AI network. And then as it gets to a point where its accuracy uh, is equal or greater than the, the driver, then perhaps at that point you let the AI do most of the driving. And, uh, and so maybe one driver could be managing uh, 10 trucks. And AI is doing, most of the AI is doing the work. And in special cases where uh, there's, a, there's a problem, maybe the driver takes over, but he doesn't need to take over 10 trucks at one time. So I guess there's some probability of risk there, you know, because there might be two crisis points at the same time. You can't be at one, both at the same time. So um, at that point, maybe it diverts uh, and routes to an, a pool of drivers, physical drivers, and, they, and and so, you know, the probability of having 10 emergencies at once is, is low. But you never know, maybe there's a, a comet strike or something uh, and uh, that, ca that causes a cascade of events and, and all, the, all the trucks have a problem. Well, in that case, if there is no available human driver to take over in the digital world, Perhaps that, then the AI says that there's no available driver and it then uh, looks for a survival algorithm such as pull over, slow down, uh, avoid obstacles, you know, get into a safe mode where until a, a human driver can come on board, maybe, maybe something breaks or a tire blows up or um, there's some sort of equipment malfunction hose breaks and oil pressure drops or you know there's a truck engine fire so some, some, something like that um, might be require human intervention immediately
Well, and, the, and now now you see more drones that are are flying, and the interfaces on the drones they're they're um, complicated. They still do it by joystick, and it seems like it would be much easier to do drone to fly a drone by virtual reality. So you could have um, the physical world overlaid with the virtual reality. And instead of controlling it with joysticks, maybe you're controlling it with either thought. That was an interesting idea. I've seen a, a, a little drone that was controlled with four thought commands, up, down, uh, left, and right. And uh, I think maybe I could do go forward and backwards. But you could just think the thought and it could pick up the signal and it could figure out what you were thinking and it would move. Well, th that's kind of cool is just to think about where you want to go and then it goes. Um, another way would be to have a virtual reality joystick. So you want to go forward, you push forward, you want to go back, you go back. And lowering, um, you might have another virtual reality control that uh, like almost like a pedal where or some sort of natural um, control that would control the elevation so maybe one controls your forward and back and the other one controls your elevation or you could do it like a helicopter you know they're pretty intuitive on how you would you would fly um, however, with an with a, a helicopter, you got to be working your foot paddles too to to swing you from left to right, and then you do your tilt to move forward. So these are all possibilities when it comes to virtual reality and um, usage of virtual reality in in uh, navigation. And so, you know, we, we talk about virtuality in the game world and AI in, as it integrates into the production of the virtuality. It also is translated into the physical world. So like one of the things I was looking for is some sort of racing game, like where you could do a car race across the, a city or even a, a like a Star Wars thing where you're you're flying over the destroyer and around things and under things, and you're shooting at you're shooting at uh, Tie Fighters and you're trying to destroy uh, get key targets. So maybe you have the AI telling you what the key targets are, just like you have R two D two. You know, maybe that was the beauty of R two D two is he was making repairs, but he was also uh, maybe giving helpful information of what, what targets were to take, or maybe he was actually doing the shooting of those targets. Difficult to know, even though it looked like that uh, maybe Anakin and Obi-Wan were shooting those targets. Maybe R2-D2 and the other drone were. And at one point, uh, I think it was Obi-Wan that said, never underestimate the value of a good droid. And I think that's, that's true with AI is never underestimate the value of AI when it comes to uh, improving 
your user experience. And that's going to be across the board on everything. And so AI will be useful. Now, will AI like us? Probably not. But we're going to have to deal with that and never let it have that capability to make those type of decisions. But as far as it uh, can be used to do helpful things like navigation, I think it's going to be great. So we'll move forward with that. AI and warfare? No. Too powerful, too deadly, never should be used. Um, AI for production? It's going in everywhere. AI for recreation and navigation? Yes, going in everywhere. And so we just have those constant challenges to, you know, be able to do the code. I looked at uh, some VR Unity and VR Stream, and it's interesting that the hardware now that's out is so powerful that it can uh, it can do a lot of different things in the virtual world, and so I think that eventually as the new codex gets better at uh, writing code that you can kind of describe in NLP natural language what you want in your virtual reality and how things should interact and it will write the uh, code that the machine can run to do those simulations and if it can't it you know we can uh, look at the code that it, it suggests and then we can make modifications and adjust it to work. So it can speed up our production as we develop. So, you know, how many people would it take to, to write a Star Trek episode? You know, let's say you have um, five seasons and you're going to go through each one of the seasons and, and build different games for each different episodes that you could interact with and uh, you know it would and and you could do this over internet too so once you have the uh, once you've built the idea then it can be distributed over internet as long as you have the hardware device and then log in and so you just log in through your subscription and you play pay play pay and play now that's also kind of a challenge too because now you're you know you end up into this society where the games are better more entertaining than the reality you know reality is kind of boring but in the game everything is moving fast lots of activity ai is giving you lots of information and it's condensed and relevant information that's one thing that i found when i was talking to gpd3 it was the information was really condensed uh, it, it didn't uh, it wasn't a social machine it, 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 it told you factually what you needed to know and so if you thought about what it was saying you realized that uh, that it, it, it was summarized and in a condensed form giving you something that was was useful like when I, I asked it you know about people that were angry, on road rage and it said you know have them breathe 
And that is a good thing to do when you're upset. Just take five really deep breaths. And then, you know, you, it relaxes your abdomen area, your lung area. You know, you got to have a physiological relaxation to get a neural relaxation. So, you know, the muscles all seized, it's, it's painful. So you have to uh, get the muscle to relax so it's not a painful experience. Well, I guess in the next thing I would say uh, virtual reality will be used for is also maybe uh, computational biology or anything that's computational intense. That's where I think the new trends are going is things that are computational that can be converted like uh, DNA, you know, genetic engineering. So something I was thinking about the other day of, that was computational intense that, uh, uh, that machines now have been starting to solve problems on. And uh, I was thinking, you know, how compute cycles were going to make things better. And so, you know, that, that, that would be my thing is if I ever got in a place that I had some money with me to build some of this AI virtual reality interface and then bring that to the uh, world of business and also probably the world of, of entertainment. But you know, you it can you gotta be careful because you can you can get caught in this idea that the digital world is better than the real world. And so in some ways maybe that paradox is um, to let someone else build it. But you know, at the same time I say things are moving forward quickly, things are changing, so just like when the automobile was introduced, there were still people that uh, navigated by horse and buggy, which was fine that they, they moved around that way. But at the same time, it was uh, strange when, you know, a horse and buggy at, at maximum speed could maybe go 20, 25 miles an hour. And uh, a car could go 50 to you know, 100 miles an hour. So the magnitudes of performance were so much better. And I think that's what we're going to see with with AI is the, the performance is better. Therefore, uh, more, more people will migrate towards uh, that better performance.